0: It. so uh, We're going to go into our series we are talking about uh, in um, about the Holy Spirit. And today happens to be the day of Pentecost. And, you know, I thought I was just going to preach like a one-week sermon and be done with it. But uh, we're going to be on the Holy Spirit for the next couple of weeks. Because I just feel like for us to have a, a biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So last week we saw about how the Holy Spirit has been there from the very start. In the Old Testament, he's been there in the New Testament, he's actually been there during creation and how Jesus was used by the Holy Spirit in his ministry. And we saw all of those different things. And we also tried to see that the Holy Spirit was not a weird movement that was started by a bunch of weird people somewhere just to look weird, okay, it's not any of that. The Holy Spirit, I don't know where he got this bad name from, bad rep, but one of the things that the devil always does is the devil always tries to destroy the character of the person before he can destroy the person, because if you can destroy the character of the person, then everything about that person is destroyed. So the devil always attempts to destroying the character and who we and how we see the Holy Spirit so that now we don't see the power and the move of the Holy Spirit because we just think he's just this weird person. Like the Holy Spirit's this weirdo. It's like, you know, people who speak in tongues are a bunch of weird people and we never do it because it's just weird. You know, it's like somebody told you that whatever, you know, things about God and, and the different things is just weird and we just make it a weird thing. He's not a weird movement that suddenly started by weird people. You know, he's promised to us by Jesus. The Holy Spirit is promised to us by Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 16. The Bible says this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Jesus actually said forever. It wasn't for a certain generation, for a certain period. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is gonna be with you forever until the end of the age. He's gonna be with us, so till Jesus comes back, the Holy Spirit is still working and still doing all what he's supposed to be doing and all what Jesus said he would be doing. So there wasn't a break that the Holy Spirit's gonna take at a certain point of time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says this, we all have the same spirit. It doesn't matter if you're a man, you're a woman, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, sometimes we feel, so this is what I felt. You know, I've, I thought, you know, most of the time when, when I was growing up, we would see some of the biggest evangelists would, would either be from, from America and, and, and they would come from different parts of America. Nowadays, really, they don't encourage American evangelists at all. It's like when we call to go to India to do evangelistic or crusades, they always ask, is the guy an American? We're like, nah, we don't want the guy. They really don't know the Holy Spirit so well. They, like, at one point in the 90s and 80s, they asked that, you know, would you just bring Americans? So growing up as a kid, it was all Americans who were doing this move of God because they had this reliance on the Holy Spirit and, and, and really had this great thing about God. So I thought the Holy Spirit only moved through people in America till I came to America. And I was like, Jesus, I'm sorry, I am not white, but please, could you send the Holy Spirit the same way all these guys are having it? And then when the Holy Spirit started using me, I was like, what is going on? I was like this is really awesome. This is really good. And then uh, I was just really shocked. Then you know, then growing up in India, I never wore any kind of jewelry because it was like it's not a Christian thing to wear jewelry. So when I got married, I was very worried. I was like, "Oh, is this going to diffuse the power of the Holy Spirit in my life?" Like, you know, like you start worrying about little little things like that. And uh, and then I noticed like other pastors in America, like everybody was moving in the Holy Spirit and they all had their wedding ring on. I was like, "The Holy Spirit is fine with this." He's fine with you married and wearing a wedding ring. I was like, okay, this is good. You know, sometimes we just, we have these different things about the Holy Spirit because of what people tell us and what people teach and say to us. And we, we, we just lump that all as the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the same. In Joel chapter two, the Bible says, the same Holy Spirit that I will pour out my spirit upon all people alike. So it's not gonna be less on those people who sit on the right section. I don't know why they always try to sit on this section. It's not any more on this section. It's the same up here. Actually, as a matter of fact, I think it's a little bit better in the middle section. So those of you in the middle, it is little. there is a little bit of a bias there. <laughs> it's a little bit more in the middle because you're like right here. <laughs> so the left and right, I don't know, you guys are on your own there. But it's, the Bible says it's the same. It's never different. It's not because you did something good or who your dad is or who your mom is or you went to church 10 times more than the other person or you prayed five hours more than the other person. It's the Holy Spirit. And he says, I give the Spirit. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit is given to everybody alike. It's not because, you know, oh, you know what? You're not six feet. You can't get the full power. You, you can't really receive that. It's like your height needs to be more to receive this full power. Good that God is not that way. He is not a, a person who, who sees all these different things. He doesn't care about your color. He doesn't care about your age. He doesn't care about, you know, about your height and, and your background and your parents and, and your status and community, the kind of job that you have. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is given to everybody alike, and it's the same. So nobody gets it more, nobody gets it less. It's how you use the Holy Spirit. But all of us have the same amount of Holy Spirit in us that everybody else has. So it's nothing, nothing different. It's, it's like we, when we see somebody moving in the spirit, we feel like, man, they must have more. Like they got the bigger cup. They went with extra large, they went with the grande. I was just, you know, I was trying to figure out what is God going to give me? I went with the teaspoon. It said, no. That's not how it works. No matter what you come with, God empowers you and God gives the Holy Spirit in the same amount that he does to everybody. We all have the same spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's inside of me is inside of you. The same Holy Spirit that's inside of Jesus, the Bible says, is inside of us. So it's like, even Jesus has the same Holy Spirit, the same amount of power. You're like, wow, but he was walking in water. He was doing all this because he learned how to use the Holy Spirit in his life. He learned how to allow the Holy Spirit to completely control his life and completely have control of his life. So Jesus was like, hey, I'm not gonna ask you to do a bunch of stuff and say, by the way, you can't have the Holy Spirit that was inside of me. I am special. Jesus like, it's the same Holy Spirit that was inside of Jesus is inside of you and me. So there's there's no bias over there. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. If you ever read these little uh, uh, notes that says, uh, what would Jesus do? The Holy Spirit knows what would Jesus do. It's like when you read in First Corinthians, and uh, we're just going to open to First Corinthians. First Corinthians, just give me one minute as I'm getting it up in my, and my thing just does all these different stuff here. It's like it's, like, it's, like it's right here, but it refuses to just show me that. And I'm like, just come on, behave yourself. It's like, some of you like pastors should know the verses by heart. I'm not that kind of a pastor. <laughs> I, I know Jesus, but not like that, okay? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2, if you have it before me, I think I can open my Bible faster than this. <laughs> Some of you are like, the Lord is speaking to you, pastor. You need to use the word of the Lord, a physical Bible. The Spirit, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So if you've ever wondered, I wonder what God would be doing in this matter. I wonder what Jesus would do. You know what the Bible says? The Holy Spirit actually knows that. So if you see the the band next time, somebody wearing a band and they're like, what would Jesus do? You're like, if you have the Holy Spirit, you would know. What would Jesus do? It's like, it's like, you don't have to wonder, well, I wonder what Jesus would do. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, seems to know exactly what the Jesus would do, what God would do. It's like, because it says, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit knows that. John chapter 16, verse 78, the Bible says this, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. That's one of the biggest things about the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit and you do something and you feel guilty or you feel like convicted, that's the Holy Spirit. Because as human beings, we don't care about living in sin or doing sin. It's like we're fine because we are in a sinful nature. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life and you, and you do something or you offend someone and you're like, man, you know, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so, I'm so sorry I said that. Or you, you go back and you say something. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who convicts you because inside the Holy Spirit is completely different. And he's very gentle and he speaks to you completely different. He says, hey, listen, listen, it's okay. I think, I think you're, this is not right. And when, when you're trying to do something or you're doing your taxes and you're not doing it right, and the Holy Spirit's like, you know, I think you shouldn't do that. But we are like, Jesus, nobody would know. Who is going to know? Yeah, nobody's gonna know, but, but the Holy Spirit knows he's watching and he's the one who convicts you in little, little things. In small things, in ways that that nobody else would do. You wouldn't do it. And that's why, you know, when you're by yourself and and you're using your phone or your social media and however you live in your life, you might feel like nobody's watching. But the Holy Spirit who's inside of you, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit because he's the one who's convicting you of whatever's happening. He says, hey, listen, I'm watching what, what you're doing in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin. So when you have the Holy Spirit, he convicts you. Why, because in 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse 16, the Bible says this, don't you know that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that that you are now like the church. You are the church, like the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You are the main thing. You're like this uh, pristine, you know, like a stained glass window chapel. You are that chapel. Whatever kind of chapel you want, but the only thing I can think of is like a warehouse. I am the warehouse <laughs> for, for the Holy Spirit. It's like, if you're like, like no, oh, I like a chapel with the stained glass windows. Okay, you're the chapel with stained glass windows for the Holy Spirit. He dwells inside of you. And because he dwells inside of you, he tries to let you know, hey, listen, I don't know. This, you know, that's why, you know, if those of you who are married when you, before you got married, you just lived a certain way. You did stuff a certain way you left all the clothes on the floor and nothing ever complained back to you. But you know, it's like, but once you get it something always talks back. It's like the Holy Spirit. Because somebody's living with you and they're like, hey, listen, I am living in this house with you and I would prefer if you don't do this. And you're like, but I like to live like this. Okay, then you shouldn't have got me along. <laughs> okay, so it's like, that's the whole thing. It's like the Holy Spirit is the same way. The Holy Spirit sort of speaks to you. He's like, hey, you know, you have some habits. You have some things in your life that you're doing, but I'm with you and I just want to help you just, you know, could you just change some of these things? Could you just make some changes because I'm living inside of you. We are having this relationship. We live in this house together. I live inside of you. Some of the things that's inside of you, that's, that's who convicts it. Through the Holy Spirit, we understand the power we really have. The Holy Spirit, it helps us. I keep asking, Ephesians 1:17 to 20. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. The Bible says, you know, through the Holy Spirit, we understand the power we really have. Many of us don't understand how powerful the Holy Spirit is because we are so ashamed or embarrassed of the Holy Spirit that we have never allowed him to really use us. People have this different opinion that the Holy Spirit, if you take the Holy Spirit like a, like a power tool, imagine that Jesus, when he was on the, on, the, on the cross, he died, rose up, and then when he's hanging out with the disciples, he says, hey, if you wait on me, uh, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and you'll receive power. People feel like it was like, like, if it was an example, it's like a power tool. Like Jesus gave his disciples a power tool. But over time, Jesus wants us to do the same work, but somewhere in the middle ages, Jesus was like, guys, listen, the power tool's too much for you. Just take, take the screwdriver and do the same work. Don't use the power tool, that's too much. And so now we have come into the world where now we are in the 21st century, Jesus is like, use your nails, okay? Use your nails. You don't even need a power tool or a screwdriver. Use your nails. It's like, what happened? How come they got the power tools? It's the same power tool. It's it's, it's still available. It's just somebody keep lying to us and saying, no, it it went to a screwdriver and now it's your nails. It's like, what if I don't have very big nails? You know what? I stopped biting just a couple of months ago. I had very short nails. I wouldn't have survived. Why do I need the screwdriver? I I want the power tool. Why can't I have the power? How do I learn to use the power tool? The power tool has always been available to everybody. It never changed. Jesus never said 10, 20 years from now, guys, it's going to be a little different. You're not going to have the full power, the full potential, because it's just way too much for you. You young people will not know how to use it. No, it was never different. We have to understand through the Holy Spirit the power we really have. The Holy Spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead is inside of us. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. If the Spirit of whom who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Here's the coolest part. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. One day, Jesus is gonna come back and this body that we're living in is going to be renewed and transformed because of the Holy Spirit who's inside. Because it's the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says the same Holy Spirit is inside of us and he's gonna change our body. He's gonna do all of these things that he did in the life of Jesus for us and give life to our mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in us. And right now he's doing that. It's like right now he's empowering you to live this life for Christ and he's, he's walking with you and he's doing all of this. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit in your life to just, just do things in your life. It's like the more you put him aside, the more or less he's gonna do. Jesus said, when he comes upon you, you will receive power. Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Bible says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in all of Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, the Holy Spirit comes to give power. That's the number one thing about the Holy Spirit, power In our life, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. But it comes through waiting on the Lord. You know, when you read in the scripture, there was around 500 of them who gathered to pray. And eventually when the Holy Spirit came, there was 120 of them because a couple of them had other busy things to do. So they left. But they must have got filled in the Holy Spirit later on. But waiting on the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit always says, Jesus says, wait, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You know, it's like there's, a, there's this process. You will receive the Holy Spirit. It's like you just have to spend time and ask the Lord, Lord, would you send your Holy Spirit upon my life? If you've never got the Holy Spirit in your life, I, I just want to challenge you. You know, would you take a couple minutes and in your house and when you're sitting down and just say, God, would you send your Holy Spirit into my life so that I can, I can live this empowered life? Your Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power. Power for what? He gives us power in our weakness. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So whenever you're weak, whenever you're going through different difficulties or struggles in your life and you're like, God, I'm just so weak, I have no strength to do this or no ability to overcome this, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit gives us strength in our weakness. So when you're weak, it's like, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're able to do certain things that you wouldn't be able to do just by yourself. He gives power in our weakness, power to be his witness in the world. The Bible says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. So all of a sudden, your life now is a witness to people. People look at your life and they're like, wow, wow. Look at your life, it's completely different. It's really powerful. Now you're a witness because this power of the Holy Spirit is not just to walk around and and, and to look cool, but it's to be a witness. It's so that you can, you, can, you can show people what it means to be a Christian. Because he's given you this power to live as a Christian in your life. And that's what the Holy Spirit's about. The power to be his witness. Power to speak his word, word boldly. The Bible says in Acts 4 verse 31. And the disciples had the spirit. And they spoke the word boldly. The ability to speak boldly comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, all through my life, I, I wasn't a very bold speaker. I just never did any kind of speaking. Never never spoke a couple sentences. I just didn't like speaking, and I wasn't very good at speaking. I just would not be able to remember a sentence. Like, uh, it was just very, very difficult. I remember when I wrote my first sermon, I had a bunch of papers with me, and I wrote all my notes down and, and everything, and, and, and I went up to preach, and my dad was translating for me, and he took my notes. <laughs> I was, like, panicking. My dad took my notes, and then I didn't know what to do. I was just like, Dad, just give my notes back. He was like, you have to trust the Holy Spirit to help you. And I was like, I, I just need my notes back, then. And he was like, the notes are for you to hang out with the Lord and, and, and spend time with the Spirit. You know, eventually when you come, allow the Holy Spirit to use you. So then I literally have the same thing that you guys have. It's just mine is just underlined and it has the words in it, but that's about it. And But it's like eventually came to a spot where I had to allow the Holy Spirit to use me, to just remind me. I'm like, if I forget something, I'm like, that's on you, Jesus. It's like, it's your fault. <laughs> You're the one helping with the notes. <laughs> but my job is to just study and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak in and through my life. But I just want to encourage you. The power to speak his word boldly, not the power to just speak boldly, to speak his word boldly. You know, when you approach someone to talk to them about Jesus, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit gives you this power to be able to speak. And if you're like, man, I I don't know, I'm very scared to tell somebody about Jesus. If you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it just makes it easy when you walk up to someone and they're like, hey, and you're having this conversation and now you're able to talk about God, talk about his word and you're like, wow, I don't know where that came from. It's the Holy Spirit. His job is to empower you and give you boldness to speak his word. The Holy Spirit, in Second Corinthians, I just want to read this one verse: Second Corinthians chapter, chapter one, verse twenty-one and twenty-two. So Second Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-one and twenty-two, because this one is very important. It's if this is not true, then everything about the Holy Spirit and everything about Him is is really lies. Now it is God who makes us both, us and you, stand firm in Christ, who appointed you. And then in verse 22, it says this, set his seal of ownership on us and put his seal in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come, especially verse 22. This is the most important part to understand. If the Holy Spirit is not real, then what we are waiting for is also doubtful and might not be real. Because here's the words the Bible says, that God set a seal of ownership on us. So when you just prayed, According to Romans, the Bible says, if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and then then, then you're saved. Like it's, it's a very simple thing, that he has forgiven your sins, that he died on the cross of Calvary and rose up on the third day, then then you're saved. You're like literally in heaven. There's not like a huge process. There's not a big line. There's not a waiting list. Like in America, to be a citizen in America, there's like a 18-year waiting list depending on which category of... uh. uh Uh, immigration process you come through the lowest i have one of my friends good friends they're still waiting on their green card for the last 20 years the guy even has a house pays taxes has everything for the last 20 years he's still on the waiting list because it's like the process that they're going through is there's there's thousands of people on that list but god didn't make it like that god made it very simple you just talk to god and say god would you forgive my sins i believe that jesus died on the cross for me and he rose up on the third day. And I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe that Jesus has forgiven my sins. Immediately, you're part. He has set a seal of ownership on us. And then he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Why do you do a deposit? When you're going to go buy a car, or you're going to buy a house, or you're going to go get something, you go put a deposit down and you say, hey, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get this. This, this is... This is, I I really, I'm really interested in this, and here's what I'm gonna do. And the Bible says, he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. What is to come is heaven. But if the Holy Spirit somewhere along the way is a weirdo, and it's not even real, it's not even true, then heaven is a bunch of lies. That means heaven's not really real. And then uh, the the thing is, the devil has over time just made the Holy Spirit so uh, incapable and, and has sort of told the people that the Holy Spirit is just weird. Just never, never talk to him because that's where the power is. Jesus said, when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come, and if I don't leave, he will not come, because he comes when I leave, and when he comes, he will guide you in all truth, he will comfort you, he will be with you, and and, and he will advocate on your behalf, and then he will guide, and he will do, and he will actually share the mind of God with you, and he will empower you. What, he does all these things, and we like abandon him? And it's like, we don't even talk about him. And then the church is really very powerless because the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers the church. It's so he is the main. It's like Jesus is in the background, really. Jesus and God the Father in the background. And they're like, no, no, no. It's the age of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who moves and does everything in the life of the people. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the one who gives the gifts. He's the one who, who, uh, who does everything. Next week, we're gonna look on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, how you behave when the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And that's the number one question people have. It's like, why do you behave this way? Because they're trying to see, do you really have the Holy Spirit in your life? Church, God put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. What is to come is Jesus Christ is gonna come back very soon for you and me. And if that's real, The Holy Spirit is very, very real because he's a deposit of what is to come. I wanna encourage you. I don't know what your understanding or belief about the Holy Spirit has been, but the Holy Spirit is the most powerful, the most realist thing that can ever happen to you. You know, that's why I said, you know, the Holy Spirit is a relationship between you and God. It's a gift that God gives to you. It's a promise that God said, I will send my Holy Spirit upon you. I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And all we have to do is just ask, would you stand with me as we pray and rap? If you have never received the Holy Spirit and if you have never gone up and said, hey, I want the Holy Spirit in my life, I want to encourage you, would you come on up? I'm going to pray for you. It's, uh, we're not going to ask you to say anything, do anything. It's just between you and God where you're just praying and saying, God, would you just fill my life? Would you just use me? Because I want to know what's on your mind. Many times I have no idea what's on your mind. Many times I'm living my life without the strength. I want your strength in my life. Church, the Holy Spirit is the most powerful. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you strength. The Holy Spirit is the one when you read the scripture, interprets the scripture because he knows the mind and heart of God. And he he interprets these things to you and you're like, God, that's so awesome. The Holy Spirit is the one when you're lonely at home and and, and you're depressed and you're frustrated about something and you're struggling with something. He's the one who shows up and says, hey, you know what? I've got your back. I'm gonna give you my strength. I'm gonna walk with you. The Holy Spirit loves you more than you know. He cares about you more than you know. And he's the most powerful influence you can have in your life. With the Holy Spirit, you can transform not only your life, but people around you. Church, the world is looking at the church and wondering what is going wrong. We have placed the Holy Spirit on the outside because he's some sort of an outcast and embarrassment. And that's what the devil would like us to believe. But when you read in the scripture, Jesus says, when I go to my father, the Holy Spirit will come. And he will, I'm depositing this spirit into your hearts as a guarantee. I'm going to come back for you. Jesus is coming back for us. And the guarantee for that is the Holy Spirit in our heart. Would you pray with me? God, you said, wait, and I will send the Holy Spirit upon you. Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon our lives. The spirit of power in our weakness. A power to be your witness. Because God, in my strength, I'm just a mess. If the world sees me in my weakness, I'm just a mess. But because of you, I am able to do great things. Because of you, I'm able to stand strong. Father, I pray for each and every person in this room. Whatever weakness, whatever struggle, whatever sickness that they have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak healing into their body. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would would bring healing in each and every person's body this morning. I pray for your deliverance upon the lives of the people. And as your word says, now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.